we know Furman is in the tournament. We talked to Bob Ritchie last night. And we know College of Charleston is in the tournament. Let's talk more about the Cougars as we welcome in one of our good buddies. He is one of the best people in the world. I can't think of anything bad about him except that he is a Lakers fan. Other than that, I love him dearly. (laughs) Everett German, the voice of the Cougars, joining us here on Sports Talk. E, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good, Phil. How are you doing? We are doing uh, terrific. How you feeling, man? You look, you feeling good? Feeling good. Obviously, a good time to uh, be a part of Charleston basketball. My uh, Lakers are winning without LeBron James, so really, all is well in my basketball world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing may. Well, of course, a Celtics win makes me the happiest, but the next happiest is when I'm the when the Lakers lose. I just have a just a tingling feeling knowing that you and K-Mac in particular are having a bad night when I hear that. Well, I just want to remind you that actually the Lakers should have one more win and the Celtics should have one more loss because Tatum <laughs> filed LeBron, but that's another discussion for another day. That's true. That's true. I, I, listen, I, I give you that. That was a terrible no call should have been made, and he'd have probably missed the free throws anyway. But I'll, uh, I'll give you your due, your due on that. What about the Cougars, man? Thirty-one wins, most wins in the nation. You win the CAA. Has this team surprised you, or is this what you thought they would do? Honestly, you know, at the beginning of the season, you knew that Charleston would be good, but I'd be lying if I said I thought they would be, you know, this good. I knew what we had coming back because <clears throat> we had our, our sophomores now this season that played so many minutes last year with Rain Smith and, uh, you know, Ben Burnham, Babacar Fai. But the guys, the influx of coming in uh, transfers, you just didn't know what to expect. You know, you read your bios and you see, oh, we got this kid from Wofford, you know, averaging four or five points a game, you know, played a lot of games, but, eh, okay, you know, okay. And then we got a guy from NAIA. Got a guy from D2. So on paper, you know, it didn't wow you, but I should have known because of how great our coaching staff is. You know, obviously with Coach Kelsey at the top, uh, Brian Coleman, also, uh, you know, Coach Cassidy, Michael Cassidy, and then, of course, the new addition of Thomas Carr. These guys just get it. They know it. Coach Kelsey's very open about, like, he's not for everybody and everybody's not for this program. But, it, you know, you have to have those, those ABCs, you know, academics, basketball, character. And so it's just not about the numbers. It's just about that individual. And so the, the addition of Ante Berzovich and Ryan Larson and, you know, Jalen Scott and Pat Robinson III, it was just a beautiful mix with what we had coming back. Um, you know, you also had Raekwon Horton to the mix, the kid there out of Santee that, uh, you know, played there in Columbia for a while before transferring to, I want to say, a prep school. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's just been a special ride. Just a roller coaster ride. You know, you win, you win your first one against Chat, you lose to the Tar Heels, you win 20 in a row, you lose two in a row, and then you win your last 10, uh, including obviously the championship game where you, you go on a run to put you up by seven. They go on a run to put themselves up by eight. And then, of course, we all know how the story ended. Yeah. What do you see as the strengths of this team? As I look at some of the numbers, good shooting team, you won by about 13 points per game, good rebounding team, holding team to a 67 points per game. Is there a particular strength that catches your eye when you watch this team game in and game out? 
it's that. It's just a team. Um, as you look at the numbers, you'll see ten or six guys averaging nine or more points a game. You know, these guys genuinely care about each other off the floor as well as on the floor. And, you know, it's hard to really scout Charleston because one night it could be Bowen. The next night it could be Larson. It could be, you know, Van Burnham. Um, at one point, Phil, we had – we played pretty much a 10-man rotation. Eight of the 10 guys in the rotation have led Charleston in scoring at least one game this season. Hmm. Um, that just goes to show you just the balance of what we have. And we come in waves. You know, it, it's so – funny to kind of see teams that, you know, might be neck to neck, even ahead at the half. But in the second half, you just see, you know, grabbing shorts, uh, bending over, and Charleston is just so fresh because, again, you have that 10-man rotation. Nobody averages more than, you know, 25, 26 minutes a game. And so when you have that ability, and really Charleston has two starting fives. Like when that bench unit comes on, um, at one point Charleston's bench was top 10 in the country uh, in terms of production, you, you just can't, you know, that's just hard to, to beat. And then you talk about rebounding. I mean, Charleston, one of the top offensive rebounding teams in the country. Uh, Coach Kelsey had some of those teams at Winthrop as well. He brought that mentality to Charleston. And, yeah, Charleston, we go hard at the glass, um, offense, defense. And so, really, that's kind of Charleston in a nutshell. There's not really one thing you can kind of pinpoint because, Honestly, Charleston does just a little bit of everything uh, really well. Sure. The voice of the College of Charleston Cougars, Everett German, with us here tonight. The Cougars will find out their NCAA destination on Sunday after winning the Colonial a couple of days ago. And, Everett, you talked about bench production, and you guys are still inside the top ten. As a matter of fact, fourth nationally in terms of your bench, getting uh, 33 points a game off that bench. In an era where we see players transfer for a wide variety of reasons, in particular playing time or lack thereof, how has Pat Kelsey, in the short period of time he's been there, be able to build and sort of mold a culture where it doesn't matter if you start or if you come off the bench where he's getting that kind of production from guys who could be starting elsewhere? I think it's really important because that minute factor, you may not start, but you know you're going to play. And it's Mm -hmm. the same rotation. It's kind of like, and I know you guys, you know, follow the NBA where, you know, you think in an NBA game, that starting five, they play up until maybe the two-minute mark of the first quarter. The, the bench comes in, they play until the six-minute mark of the second quarter, and then the starters come back in. It's very similar to Coach Kelsey. Like, it's very it's not often that you hear a whistle and not someone's coming into the game. So it's kind of that mentality that, you know, you go in, you go hard for three or four minutes, you come out, you get a blow, then you go right back in. And so the fact that those kids stay engaged – because they know that they're going to get their chance. They know they're going to have plays called for them. Yeah, you're not starting, but there's been a lot of times this season that the five that started, you know, didn't end the game. And so I think it's just that buy-in. You look at a kid like Jalen Scott. I mean, the the guy was all defensive player in the CAA. I still say defensive player of the year. He averages four points a game. And I call him Baby Kawhi because he reminds me of Kawhi Leonard. He can guard all five positions, big, strong, physical. How he was in the NAIA, I have no idea. But the kid, but he like it's almost like he doesn't want to shoot. He wants to rebound, guard the other team's best player. And when you have that type of attitude, it kind of filters through the whole team. And that's why I think these guys are content with maybe not starting, but coming off the bench, kind of like Pat Robinson the third who was named the CAA uh, Sixth Man of the Year. 
Talked about both Rain Smith and also Ante Berzovic, and I'm curious from an international flair what they've brought to the table, not just on the floor, because I think we can see how good those two players are for your team, but what do they add in terms of dimensions off the court and how they intermingle with the, with the team itself? Well, don't forget, you got those two. You also got Babakar Fai, who's from Senegal. You have Evan Kilminster, who's also from Australia. And look, I, like I mentioned earlier, those guys off the floor, it's such a, a close-knit bunch. Those guys, you know, it's very rare if you see one without seeing, you know, somebody else in, in terms of their teammates. And so I think the fact that they kind of just feed off of each other, learning about each other's cultures, and then you have, you know, probably, arguably the craziest American on the roster in Dalton Bowen. I'm sure you guys watched the game uh, Tuesday night where he literally, and I saw it, obviously I was there, and I, I thought I saw it, but I wasn't sure, and I was actually sitting behind uh, Dave Ryan and, and Coach Gillum, where he, he got cut on the eye, and he literally, like, wiped the blood and, and licked it. And, and, and I just said he, he literally just licked his own blood. Like, it was nothing. Like, didn't even pause. That guy, you talk about a spirit animal. That kid, uh, first team, all CAA. Just one of the craziest of best guys. He's the type of guy that every team needs that really just brings everybody together. So he's the type of guy that, hey, you know, Rain, tell us about Australia and what that's like. And Baba, tell us about Senegal. And obviously, you know, Ante, who I've kind of coined him, Baby Joker. Because all my, you know, all my nicknames are somewhat NBA related. So he's Baby Joker, obviously, because of Croatian. And he can shoot it and pass it and do everything else. But, yeah, those guys, they're eager to learn about each other. And, uh, again, I think that just helps them on the floor be like one unit. And that's why they've had so much success this year. A couple more moments with Everett German, voice of the College of Charleston Cougars. And, of course, we can remember the great days under John Cress and how that team caught the imagination of the state and the college basketball world when they went from NIA and to the uh, NAIA and then to um, – to NCAA and they made the tournament and all that kind of stuff. What about around the city? Um, do you, what do you sense from the fan base and from the city about the excitement and the support for what Pat, Pat Kelsey's doing now in just his two short years there? I'm going to use, I think, a word that if I had $5 for every time Coach Kelsey said this word, I would have as much money as he just signed in his contract extension. Mm. The energy in Charleston is elite. Like, it is – it's just crazy. Yeah. Of course, he coined that phrase kind of, you know, our city, which has just absolutely taken off uh, really the whole month of February and the latter part of January. TD Arena, 5,100. Uh, tickets sold out every game. Some games, people scalping tickets, you know, for as much as $200 for a seat. Um, there are probably, I'd say – 1,500 fans uh, in D.C. on Tuesday night, Charleston fans. A lot of people mentioned they, hey, got up Tuesday morning, bought a round-trip ticket, spent about 400 bucks because they wanted to be there. And coaches really uh, united the low country. And it's not necessarily when he says our city, not a, a jab at the Citadel or Charleston Southern, but he wants the Charleston basketball team to be Charleston's team where people can come support be a part. Uh, he coined TD Arena the six because, well, TD, you get six points for that. And he mm -hmm. wanted the fans to be that six man. Mm -hmm. And they have turned out 
um, just tremendously. The watch parties are just crazy. We see all the footage when we're on the road of watch parties, uh, people just coming out in droves. They want to be a part of Charleston, uh, you know, basketball. So depending on where the Cougars land, it wouldn't surprise me if you see a lot of uh, our city um, at the game supporting this team because Coach Kelsey has really done a great job of just being anywhere, everywhere, the kids, uh, in the community, uh, just being just a vital part of Charleston in the low country. Well, you know, I've seen the Lenardi projections got you in Orlando as a 12 seed. So as a 12 seed, you would think Charleston could be a very dangerous 12 seed, don't you? I would say yes. And I'm sure if they're – because, you know, Charleston leads the country in three-pointers attempted. Um, they're top ten in terms of three-pointers made, averaging ten made threes a game. You have a big guy in Ante Berzovich who can hurt you outside, inside. You can't double-team him because he can pass it. Then you have a lockdown defender like Jalen Scott. So this team really has – and then you have a leader like Ryan Larson who's played in NCAA tournaments at Wofford. He is the ultimate floor general. Um, you know, I, I coined him the mayor. So he's the mayor of Charleston because he just gets it done. And uh, as a matter of fact, he owes me some money. Now I think about that because I started calling him the mayor, and now he's selling T-shirts hmm. with the mayor on it. So I need to send him an invoice for that. I gotta, NIL, I baby, NIL. You started an NIL collective. <laughs> That's what you are. You're a collective. <laughs> exactly. But no, but those guys, Charleston has everything that they need, and they're experienced. I mean, Dalton Bowling's 25 years old. Uh, this is his seventh year of college because of you know red shirts and. COVID year, and Jalen Scott, he's a grad transfer. Then you talk about that sophomore class with Raekwon Horton and you know Ben Burnham. Those guys, they played a lot of basketball last year, so they're not going to be intimidated. I mean, heck, they were at the Dean Dome up with eight minutes to go and just kind of you know lost it there at the end. So mm. I think Charleston and Orlando, I think you'd see a lot of our city shirts at Disney World and at SeaWorld, mm. and you'd probably see a good – Two, three thousand fans, I would think, down there and uh, ready to battle whoever uh, is placed on the other side uh, of Charleston. We shall see Sunday how all that plays out. My friend, we thank you very much. Wherever you go, enjoy it. We'll be in touch again, and we thank you for the time. Hey, that sounds good, guys. Thanks again, and you guys have a good night. You too. Thanks, Everett. Thank you. Thank you very much. Everett German, known as the – E-Dog, appreciate him for joining us tonight. I, I hope he has a nickname since he's labeled everybody else on the team. That was great E-dog. stuff. I think it's E-Dog <laughs> is what we used to call him back in the day. Okay, And I can, I can echo in mm-hmm. terms of their home court advantage, TD Arena is oh, yeah. not an easy place to go in as an opposing team. They, <clears throat> no. That place is hard to win. If you're, and, and on top of that, they've got a good basketball team you've got to face too. Plus, you're five steps off of King Street in downtown Charleston. <laughs> exactly. and you know what kind of trouble you can get into there.